Hello, and welcome to Dragon's Trove, where all we talk about is Dungeons and Dragons. My name's Tristan, and I'll be joined by my brother Jace. Hi. Tonight we're going to talk about DM prep versus player prep, and how to bring more to the table. Enjoy. Alright, episode two. Jace, you are a longtime DM, and you said in the last episode that you primarily DM exclusively, and I am a relatively new DM who likes the pre-made adventures. Uh-huh. Uh, so, what I'm thinking is let's you and I kind of dissect our styles of prepping for a game, and then after we've done all that, let's reverse it sure. and go from the player's standpoint of how we <clears> prepare <throat> to be a good player. Okay. Yeah, so cool. you just go for it, man. Okay. So as far as my preps involved, um, it kind of depends on my player base. Um, with a with a little bit more experienced party, you know, people that have been playing for a D&D for a little bit, um, I tend to uh, craft some things that are a little bit more uh, open-ended, so to speak. Like I have ideas for uh, several quest lines and... Um, you know, plot hooks, points that the story could go, uh, with the idea being, you know, they can branch out and do whatever. Uh, in the sense of maybe less experienced party, uh, people that aren't as comfortable with role playing, um, I usually uh, I plan a little bit more. I uh, keep it a because I know it's going to be a little bit more linear. You know, they're not going to necessarily think to look for X, Y, Z. They're going to kind of just get on the road and follow the plot point. So uh, I am able to prep a lot more for a less experienced party than I am for a more veteran party. Uh, yeah. As far as everything goes. Yeah, I can see that um, because like even hearkening back to um, me and Troy talking about when we first started playing, it was very, very difficult to try to think of, you know, the different things to look for or, you know, like the different checks. It's kind of overwhelming at first. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so with an inexperienced party, I could definitely see you kind of having to do a little bit more just because you're you're probably going to be talking more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and it's not necessarily that you have to do more. It's that mm-hmm. you can do more. You know, I said last episode the best way to uh, ruin the, the story that you have created is to uh, allow your players to play it. And right. in, a, in a lot of sense, that's true in that it doesn't always go the way you want it. However, with right. a a party that doesn't necessarily know everything they can do or whatever, everything that's going on yet, uh, you can plan that. So you can have stories that uh, you want to go and unfold the way you want them to unfold happen. Whereas yeah. in a veteran party, you can't necessarily do that. Yeah, I think that's, that's really important um, because it's like with new players, there is more of a narrative-driven story from the dm standpoint than with your veteran players who are ready to craft their own story you know what i'm saying yeah yeah absolutely yeah um the way that i kind of uh the way that i kind of prepare material is like you know i've i've not really done a homebrew um campaign setting for any players but these pre-made adventures you know i I, I really like them because all you really have to do is is read the book primarily. But um, for the most part, the encounters of 
what happens during like your first couple of sessions really sets the pace and it's a whole lot easier uh, in the pre-made books to you know play like two or three sessions let's see how it goes you kind of try to play by the book and then as soon as your players you know they're comfortable and you're comfortable with your players then it just kind of jumps all over and so I like to have read the book first and then come in Mm -hmm. and kind of pick and choose you know okay so what what would my players like you said last episode you know you kind of you kind of got to get to know your players and you you just said that you know you kind of depending on what players you're playing with will you know, obviously determine how it is that you prepare. And that's very, very true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, my, and I don't necessarily have a hang up on, on pre-made adventures in which I think they're the devil or they're a, a crutch or anything else like that. Cause you know, I frequently read them and draw inspiration from them and everything along those lines. Um, my, uh, my big thing is that, um, I don't, I like to do a lot of off-the-cuff DMing. That's what I feel the most comfortable with. And, um, you know, you put a book in front of me, I feel like I'm not doing my job the best way that I can do it if I have to read what's what's kind of going on as I go along. You know, like, I like to be... Um, I like to either be completely prepared or I like to impromptu do it. And I don't always have the time to uh, read those books and, and prepare up, so to speak. Yeah, because it kind of, at least for me, it kind of throws me into a panic. Like when I know enough about an encounter and I think to my, you know, like when I was preparing that, okay, maybe my players aren't going to get here. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go a different direction. Yeah. And then they get there and I know enough about the encounter to like start it. And then I kind of get in this little panic where I'm like flipping through and I'm trying to read while they're, you know, asking me questions and, uh, so I totally get what you mean. It's be- it is better, I think, from a DM standpoint. Now that I've done it a few times, to either you know have nothing or to have it all figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that uh, you know, it's it's whatever it's whatever you like. You know, like whatever suits your flavor the best mm-hmm. uh, and works with your group. Because not it, you know, there's no one be all end all for uh, you know like how much prep to do. Um, because, you know, everybody has different amounts of time and everybody's players are interested in different things. Like, there for a while when I was, uh, uh, you know, like building sets and drawing maps for everything, you know, like that was cool. You know, and it, had, it took a whole lot of my time, you know, and I had to get away from it because I didn't have enough time to do that every time. You know, and it's, right. it sucks because you kind of set ex- expectations from your players of, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to get a dope visual, you know, a physical visual for all of this. Uh, and now all of a sudden we don't. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's important to like, as you're preparing as a DM to continuously talk to the players, because, um, I have, I've DM'd and you know, you don't, it's like, Oh, well you can't talk to the DM or like I'm the DM. So I can't talk to the players cause I don't want to give stuff away. But I think it's important to, um, set like expectations for, even like week to week or, you know, however often that it is you play from session to session. So that in a sense where it's like, okay, well tonight we're going to have a bunch of visuals. So, you know, they're, they're excited. They're, they're ready for it. And then you could even say, you know, uh, a couple sessions. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We don't, we're not going to have these visuals. It's going to be more, you know, dialogue based or more, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, the biggest, uh, things uh well you know i just got done saying that a, a dm really doesn't have a list of things that they should prep or shouldn't prep or anything along those lines and i'm about to tell mm-hmm. you things that i think everyone <laughs> should prep 
Uh, the biggest prep they can do is talk to their players about the type of campaign that's going on. You know, the yeah. the type of things that they're expecting out of their players uh, and just managing expectations for what's about to happen. You know, I've seen so many DMs before frustrated with, you know, the uh, they, they come up with this awesome uh, mystery campaign. You know, like uh, it's a murder mystery. You got to find out who uh, who killed Lord Gwynethar. Uh, and go through this mansion and and look for everything, and then you get you get players that that four players that made all uh, barbarians, uh, whose last name is uh, Plot Runner, and they just run through and decide since they can't figure out who killed who, they're just gonna kill everybody because is anybody really innocent, you know? And then you're sitting all there frustrated and mad, uh, and really it's your fault you for not your telling story. them. Yeah, it's not because you were like, yeah, I'm going to be the mystery man, you know, Mike Myers, international man of mystery of my story. Uh, just open up a little bit and tell your players what you're wanting to do and what you kind of expect of them. And that'll kill out a lot of frustration. Yeah, that's super important to talk to the players so that they they know. And that also helps with character creation, too, because, Absolutely. like, you know, if you're going to be running, like... Um, I don't know, a campaign that's heavily based in giant. It's like you want to let them know that so at least one of the characters maybe speaks giant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you that know? would be that'd be that'd be cool. You know, that'd be that'd be dope. You know, having right. somebody in the party that's from around this area that can speak with that unless your idea is, you know, I want I want everybody to to feel uh useless like they've never lived on this planet before and you know good luck with my campaign idiot <laughs> yeah well like okay so um something that i recently read um and you're aware of this because i you know i t kind of for this uh princes of the apocalypse we're going to be running on roll 20 um i was trying to give a little bit of a of a back tie-in you know to what it is that you're going to be moving forward um, and trying to accomplish, I read an article that was talking about tying your characters to the lore of the campaign mm -hmm. and why that is important because it, it, first of all, I think it helps with immersion. Your character yeah. has like a purpose. Let's you just know? go into the player prep, dude. Cause that's where yeah. I think we're going. Well, right. Well, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going yeah. there. Um, and, and as a DM, it helps to like, there you have a connection to that character yeah and yeah. i and i think a lot of times it's easy to just think well because i'm the dungeon master you know i've got all these bases to cover but if you can connect and there can be a connection with each character in a specific way i think that also helps to uh, move the story along in a positive way for the players because yep. they're actually getting involved they're actually doing things that matter and like as a player, I know that I would care a whole lot more about my character if I had a tie-in to the story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that gets rid of that whole dreaded, uh, you know, like my character wouldn't do that. Or um, so many times people craft characters that have literally no motivation to be in the campaign at all. You know, like right. like here you are, you're crafting a story where there's a a merchant that's paying you to. Uh, go and find his son and somebody wants to play a, a, a druid and they're like uh, well I have I have no means for monetary value so I'm just gonna go and walk among the trees and stuff like that it's like okay great well you can spend the rest of the time there in the campaign uh, while we're all doing the the stuff that we're doing yeah. you know like like uh, go ahead and re-roll a guy that would have a vested interest in this story you know and you can yeah. avoid all of that 
by talking to your players about it and uh, as a player being mindful of of the story that your DM's trying to create that that you can overcome that whole well you know my character uh, doesn't really want anything to do with this or anything at all well then why did you make him like that yeah no that's that's a very valid point and I think it's almost like a stigma of the community because you want to you want to make a character but you know you want him to be ambiguous or whatever you know you want to you I, I call it the edgelord backstory <laughs> where you know there's and people do that though you know and people like and occasionally it is cool to have a character like that but i think it is very important for a dm to work with the player even in cre- crafting a backstory so that Absolutely. those kinds of issues are kind of dismissed. And the other thing is by doing that, you know, you've got to kind of have like a little bit of a finesse when you're talking to people because they really get defensive about characters that they build. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, yeah. So now let's flip it. Let's flip it and do our, um, our player prep. So player prep. Sitting... Number yeah. one, have your character sheet done before you sit down at the table, please. Don't come to my table and tell me you don't have a character yet or ask me for a player's handbook. I'm that not going so to help you. That is so frustrating. It, it, yeah. As another player sitting at a table with people who do that, it is literally the biggest buzzkill of all time. Oh, absolutely. It's so incredibly disrespectful. I get like, excited to, everybody's to sit down time and play Dungeons & Dragons with a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then somebody walks in here, and he's like, and you're like, okay, dude, what are you playing? Oh, I don't know. I don't even have my character sheet together yet. Get out of my house. Yeah, like, right. Like, you're, you're wasting an hour and a half of everybody's time. Or, like, worse, you put a character together in five minutes, and then you're struggling to find his identity the entire time, and you just make it miserable for everybody the entire session. Come yeah. to the table with your character sheet and an idea of your character. Exactly. I mean, because nothing is more depressing than having all this momentum built up and you're ready to go and, you know, you got your dice, you got your, your soda, your beer, whatever it is that you're drinking and you got it there and you're ready to go and then you don't go for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it always sucks. Always it sucks. always sucks. Yeah, so, so rule number one, always have your character ready before you come to play. Yep, that is, that is a must. Rule number two, if you know you're going to need anything at the table, uh, ask for it beforehand. You know, like uh, a DM like me that's been around for a long time, I have pretty much everything uh, that Mm -hmm. you could possibly want. So if you know that you're going to need dice or you know you're going to need extra dice, like your character is going to roll a bunch of D4 or something like that, and you want to roll everything at once, go ahead and ask for that up front. That way you don't have to interrupt the flow of the story of, hey, could I uh, get a couple more dice? Right. <laughs> or does anybody have a pen and a piece of paper? Yeah, because I didn't bring one. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you bring one or not. Just be prepared yeah. when you sit down. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that and that goes back to rule number one with the momentum thing. You know, it really does. You're right. It really does just kind of, kind of kill the, the story and the vibe. It breaks the immersion. Yeah. Everybody hates to have the immersion broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it takes a minute for everybody to get back into things, too. You know, like that, oh, yeah. that little disru- uh, disruption can have people trailing off for 15 minutes. Yeah, no doubt. All right, are you ready for rule number three? Yes. I've got it here. Rule okay. number three, don't roll against your party members. 
Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Super good one. What is the point in being stacked against each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I've always, as a as a D from a DM perspective, um, I don't often let a player roll against another player, and I, I say don't often because I think there are situations in which that would be necessary. Oh sure. Um, you know, like well, I, it it doesn't matter. I can give an example of it later, but. Uh, for instance, like your your character wants to uh, try to hide this from another character or something along those lines. They're like, "I want to roll to bluff it." Well, no. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Look at that person from across the table, and tell him we didn't find anything, and engage in this conversation. Like, convince his character. Now, of course, that's a level of role play where you have to actually get in your character's minds. You know, like you yeah. gotta you gotta separate the PC part of it you know like the the oh i just heard at the table that you got ten thousand gold and now you're trying to convince my character that you didn't find anything like the, right. the players have to drop that and realize oh my character wasn't in the room so i wouldn't have seen that and here's a guy that i've been going questing along with the entire time like why would he lie to me so when he says something like oh yeah i didn't find anything in that room at all and he's like well what about that chest and he goes yeah i opened it and it was empty it's like oh okay yeah this i probably trust this guy it was empty. Move on. You know, like you don't mm-hmm. have to do the the role for insight and everything along those lines. Like, you know, role play it out. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the best uh, medicine for a lot of things is role play out, and it also gives the party a little bit more cohesion as a group because you know you that's you got to think of it like you guys are traveling together. You know, and if you can't trust each other at you know a certain point, if if you had the stereotype of okay, you won't meet in a tavern, then I can understand the, you know, level, there's going to be a certain level of distrust there. But, you you know, a couple quests in, if you guys can't trust each other, you know, and there's, like, no incentive for, okay, you guys are, are swords for hire or whatever, you know, then it's, like, that that's a tough trope to play with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially with, like, from a DM standpoint is it's, like, how how can you you almost have to like re-engineer how it is that you're delivering your story to make this player or the player party you know fit together better yeah yeah absolutely like just think of just apply it to uh, to real life like if these are yeah regardless of what you come together for uh unless there's just a complete personality clash uh you're gonna get to know the people that you're venturing around with you know, like just at work, you start a new job. At first, you're a little bit apprehensive around everybody. You find mm-hmm. people you like. You start to click. You know, you're not going to be, you know, nine quests in with a person that you have to trust your life with um, and not talk to them, you know, and not, not exactly. still actively be distrustful of them. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't tell somebody, you know, cover my six and then also think they're going to uh, steal a bunch of gold from you. Wow. Well put. Mm-hmm. Rule number four. Rule number four. I don't. I, I. What's what's a good rule number four? Did you have one? Is that why you said rule number four? I don't have one. <sighs> rule number four is um, open your idea uh, of of your character. Okay, so like like prep your character's personality, prep your character's backstory, realize that they are a living human being, or. Uh, tiefling being you know whatever class you decide to play (laughs) um that can change and move along you know like i think a lot of people get stuck in that whole 
Um, you know, well, my character wouldn't do that. And true, sometimes they wouldn't do that. You know, like if it's uh, a paladin, he is almost never going to break his moral code to uh, kill a person for some reason. Uh, but what would it take for him to be able to do that? You know, like open up your yeah. mind to there are certain events that will cause your character to change or be something different, just like they would in real life. Uh, and you don't yeah. always have to play the the staunch, you know, I stick to this, I don't do anything along those lines kind of character. You know? Right. You know, it's it's whatever you make of it. You know, yeah, and, and... Go ahead. I was going to say, people change in real life uh-huh. based on certain events. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't your character change? You know, because yeah. a lot of times in these, in these uh, stories, you know, there are traumatic events that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, in my experience... The party always flows better together when the party flows together. You know, like when they do things along with each other, when there is compromise for things. You know, like when the characters are like, oh, we're going to ransack this town because we need money for it. And then the paladin's like, yeah, I don't really think that's okay. You know, I don't think that's that's cool or what we should be doing. Uh, maybe your character, maybe the paladin would be okay with uh, staying outside of town while all this happened. And then they can come back together, you know, like, so there is a, a gel and there's not a party split from that. Uh, unless right. the paladin character wants to get rid of his paladin. Um, that's basically yeah, the only option. That. Yeah. Yeah. You could be an oath breaker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I meant up a whole other, a uh, whole other like realm. I meant like he tries to stop the party, the party, uh, like kills and attacks him, which is opening its own can of worms. And the, the you know, the player character is prepared to reroll into something different. Yeah, or that. Yeah. Too. Yeah, very true. Um, another thing is is don't be afraid, you know, when you are developing your backstory to work with other players at the table. Oh, you know? yeah, that's such a huge one of, like, like a lot of people aren't comfortable with it because, you know, every, like Tristan touched on earlier, everybody has, you know, like a character in mind. I'm going to play this character, period. That's what I'm playing. I'm playing this character. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, parties can be so much fun if you talk to everybody beforehand and say, hey, what are you playing? What's going on with your character? And you guys can kind of talk, maybe bounce ideas off of each other where you can tie mm-hmm. each other in or just mesh well. Because that yeah. stuff, cohesion is so much fun at the table. Yep. Well, and I've never done like an official session zero with my players. Like I've always got people, you know, like that I'm texting or messaging on Facebook or something, you know, and it's like, I'm always the, I always play the middleman as the DM, you know, like, okay, well this guy's doing this. So would this, you know, would you like to, to do this, blah, blah, blah. So it's like an unofficial. Yeah. But it's like an unofficial session zero, but with yep. this campaign, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to do a session, like an, a legit session zero so that when the players sit down together, we're going to just start bouncing, you know, let the players bounce ideas off of each other and say, okay, well, I'm from this part of the the town and maybe, okay, so you're from this part. So where did we meet? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and that way, that way, that very beginning of starting a new campaign is always so painful for me yeah. because it can be so awkward you know, depending on what the party makeup is. And, you know, it's like, let's get that all out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Session yeah. zero it. Let's get that all out of the way. And then when we actually start playing, we're done. We're done with all the awkward startup stuff. Yeah. Cause when people are sitting down playing, they immediately just want to go to playing. Like we've, yeah. we've said it several times. So nobody wants to sit around and listen to, uh, well, you know, listen to Throck talk about himself for 45 minutes about how he's a slayer <laughs> of every elf. <laughs> You know, like right. they just want to get Throck. in and, and play. Yeah, I think that's a good orc name. 
That's a very good work name. I just yeah. wasn't prepared to hear Throck the Slayer of all elven kind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's my new character I've been working on. Sweet. Not really. Throck. No. Um, so, and and in, again, the, uh, the character moments, um, you know, like being prepared to let your character change and everything else like that, if your character doesn't change, you know, like be prepared to reap the consequences of what happens. So, mm -hmm. uh, for instance, uh, just last night, I have a D&D &D group where I'm doing, like, this cool, like, like triad D&D uh, &D thing. Like, where we have, uh, we have three different DMs. We've all kind of worked on a story together, and we're each taking a section of it. Anyway, last night, we had a character. It was one of my buddies who, um, my character is kind of a anything for the greater good uh, sort of thing. Like, he will, uh, if there's something that has to happen regardless of the emotional attachment to it, he'll do it, you know, whatever it is. So he's mm -hmm. got this character in the party. It's the only character in the party that he actually likes. This guy is like a, uh, he's like a puppet. He was created by somebody else, like a homunculus kind of a thing. And he was actively being controlled by this evil guy. And um, we knew that there was nothing we could do to ever have it to where this guy uh, wasn't controlled by the evil guy. And he told my character earlier, uh, you know, if he ever became a liability, I want you to get rid of me. <laughs> and so last night he became a liability again. And he and he goes, my character's name is Umbaramarth. He said, Umbaramarth, I, I trust you to do with what needs to be done. And so I said, you know, okay, my character, you know, takes out his sword, immediately cuts off Sindri's head. Just like that, wow. we had a player death in the party. You know, but that was something that my friend and I had talked about before. And he was prepared for that to happen. And we had also talked about the wow. DM about it and everything. That's deep. Yeah, but it's something that's very, very powerful. But it was like a staunch moment for everybody at the table. Because it's something oh, that, that we had talked about, but we hadn't necessarily talked to every one of the other players. So, that's of cool. course, they're like, you know, like trying to stop it, you know, trying to, you know, like stop me from doing all this and everything else. And, you know, we get to see what happens from that now where they have a different uh, opinion of Umbaramarth. You know, they agree with him. Mm -hmm. You know, he did the right thing, and it was a mercy killing. Um, wow. But now they kind of look at him different. And that's a plot point that you can't that you can't just make up, that you can't you can't just work out and have happen without right. talking to everybody. Yeah. Because no, it would just that's make really everybody cool. mad. Yeah, for sure. And that leads into rule number five. Be prepared to let go of your character oh yeah absolutely be prepared for a death at some point um we all get really attached to our characters um i know i do it's one of those things that is so ingrained it becomes so ingrained in you it's almost like i don't even know how to describe it it's 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 like uh it's like losing something that is so valuable to you, you yeah. know, after you've played for a long time with this character and you really, you really get to know the character and you get to really enjoy, you know, playing the character, but be prepared for a death because I mean, I think that it really concretes in people's mind, your legacy after the fact. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like and, famous and poets it, aren't famous until after they die. Yeah, I'm not saying that like your character is only going to be remembered in a positive light if he dies, but what I am saying is that at some point, you know, it's very plausible some of the creatures that you go up against, I mean, they will they will absolutely destroy you and wreck you. Uh -huh. And that's 
you know, that adds to the danger of it. And that also adds to the bravery factor of your character, you know? And so when, when a situation arises like that, you let it happen, let it, you know, just kind of embellish the moment and, and get in there and, and, you know, yeah, just let it happen. Let it play out. I think that is so important and it makes for like a moment that you're talking about where it's almost like you get goosebumps, Yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. So let me give some more backstory on this. Sweet. Um, so Sindri was the character that died and he had an item, uh, called these, like, it was a homebrew item called like these Phoenix bracer things. Mm-hmm. And they basically allowed a character to revive once, uh, if they died, like it, it turned off all the other power and they just came back to life like a true resurrection. Didn't uh-huh. work on him because he wasn't like a real, uh, human being with a real soul. He was just kind of a copy of somebody else. Well, the other character that Mikey's playing uh, Junsei is one that he started at the beginning of the campaign that he ended up switching off of that my character, Umbaramarth, liked a whole lot. He kind of had like a brother, uh, a big brother, little brother kind of uh, moment going on. And so anyway, after Junsei came back into the party, uh, Umbaramarth, even though he's kind of like a, he, he jokes around a whole lot, he's sarcastic, doesn't make a whole lot of jokes. You know, like one of the first things he did was get serious and walk over to Junsei and he put these bracers on him and he goes, you know, I don't want to ever lose somebody that I care about again. You know, these will protect you from death. You know, that's like a, that's like a cool moment. You know, like Umbaramarth got changed because of what happened. That's yeah. And it's stuff like that, that is like organic that happens that, that the party's going to remember. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's stuff that, yeah, that, that happens when you've got awesome party cohesion. Yep. Yeah. When you when you talk. So uh, yes, I have more rules for a uh, a DM to be to be prepped with. I oh, think. Well, let's unless do it you, then. Unless you have more uh, player things. No, we no five rules. That's that's great. So let's let's go I think into that's a the... solid bit of prep for for players. Yeah, I do too. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like lot. definitely definitely the basics without like going overboard with everything yeah uh dm prep be the biggest thing be emotionally prepared to have your story not go your way to have whatever factor you're trying to have happen uh not happen you have to be prepared for that because as a dm your biggest job is one you know you want to tell your story and you want to you want to have fun with everybody else but your job is you're facilitating the fun of everybody else. And I've always looked at it as if your players are having fun, then you're having fun. Like that's your job is to make everybody happy. So be prepared to let go or let things happen that uh, you didn't otherwise think would. It's a good rule. It's a very yeah. good rule. And yeah. I have to agree with that because a lot of times that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And you can't be salty. <laughs> yeah, it happens 90% of the time. Yeah. You can't be salty when everything doesn't end up your way. However, let me give a alternative to this. So a lot of a lot of DMs they get salty because stuff didn't go their way. You know, this didn't end up the way that I wanted it to end up. I'm kind of mad about it. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Your players have no idea the way that you wanted it to start or end. You know, they don't know that you encountered or you wanted them to encounter this uh, farmer that. Later on, we give him a quest to fight an Aboleth on the rings of Saturn or something like that. And, like, that's what you were really banking on. That was really epic. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, They don't know that. So, like, 
you can have things later on happen to them that happen because of their choices. So let me give a let me give a for instance. Um, your characters are trying to escape from a town. Uh, or you you're wanting like your your characters to try to get away here and they run into these bandits. Mm-hmm. And these bandits try to like end up apprehending them and taking them back to their camp or something along those lines. And it requires a very specific like they got to leave this part of the city. Uh, so they're waiting them there for them at night. I don't know. I'm just kind of shooting off the cuff here. And it ends up not okay. happening. You know, so you're like, oh, well, crap. You know, they decided to uh, stay in here and, uh, like, blow up this bar or something like that. You know, they decided to do something in town where they got arrested. And uh, so you're like, now they're in jail and I can't do my plot point. Well, yeah, absolutely, you could. If the bandits wanted them, uh, the bandits could break into jail and uh, steal these people and take them back to their hideout. You know, like, mm-hmm. this was their, their target all along. This is just another means of doing that. And the players would think, oh, yeah, we uh, we facilitated this. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten us. Right. Yeah. They have no idea. They don't know any better. The most powerful yep. thing as a DM that you have is the illusion of choice. Making it seem like the players picked where they were going. They're like, oh, yeah, we chose this. And they really didn't. You know, you, right. uh, you facilitated all of this stuff happening. And you're the reason why they're there. But they think they are the reason why they're there. Yeah, and that's something that, like, okay, so players listening, that's not a bad thing, you know, and and you would never know the difference, and it's not like, you know, it's not like somebody's setting out to deceive you, like your DM's setting out to lie to you, but, I mean, that's the beauty of the game is, yeah, you, you know, it's, it is, it's unknown. It's power of the unknown. You have no idea what happened, but you're having fun. You might get salty later when he tells you. Which, tip number three, don't tell your players that you did stuff or that they missed out on stuff. They'll just be salty. Was that tip number three? Tip number four, maybe? I don't know. I think that was two. Tip number two? I thought tip number one was uh, uh, be prepared uh, with a rough idea. I don't know what level we're on for DM, man. <laughs> I don't either, dude. Yeah. We're, just giving, we're just giving it out there. Yeah. Here's all this. <laughs> this, this Why can't yeah, this, I hold all these limes? <laughs> this is uh this is not prepared at all um in fact uh, i think it's important well, let's just go ahead and indre- address it now the whole entire point of this uh podcast is for us to just be organic as possible and you know we just pick an idea and we just start talking about it so yeah, <laughs> there's, there's no preparation for this yeah absolutely none and that I think that makes a better podcast. Yeah, because we yeah, get to sure. laugh. We get to laugh at us not knowing if we're on tip number two or three or four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, dude. I really enjoy it. Uh, any other tips? Um. Uh, just have fun, man. Just have fun yeah. with it. You know, that's the that's. The and that goes thing. that gets both sides. Don't uh, try your best not to get frustrated. If you do get frustrated, just tell somebody like, hey dude i don't like the way that you cucked my character like this and you say oh well i wasn't trying to cuck your character here's what i had in my mind you know like talk it out if there's there's an issue or something going on that you don't like you know it's uh you might gain a different perspective of things yeah and that is so awkward and hard to do at first but once you start that becomes the norm for the group all the problems that have to do with people making assumptions 
I really think take away side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Once you kind of foster that environment of, of open talking, then uh, yeah. it really just helps everything out. It makes everything more smooth. And it is, it is very, very easy to get frustrated and mad. And, oh, you yeah. know, cause you want your it, character it to have... be the coolest. Yeah. And it happens to all of us, you know, is nobody is above the frustration factor, but we are above being petty. And so I do think that it is within every human being's grasp to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Unless, unless they're mute. Unless they're mute. Yeah. yeah. And never mind. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say what I'm, nope. Filter moment. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, I mean that, that about sums it up for me. What about you? Yeah. I guess the biggest takeaway from this is the, the prep is talk. And uh, good luck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep, talk, 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 talk. As much as you can talk, talk, get it all out on the table beforehand, and then that way you can enjoy your game. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. Like, you'll frustrate yourself if you do a bunch of prep. Just prepare to uh, let the story flow and uh, talk with people so you know how it's going to kind of flow. Get a rough idea of of how it's all going to work, and you'll have a lot more fun, I think. Yeah, I do too, and players... To be flexible. Yep. Yep. Everybody be flexible. I think everybody it. be flexible. Mm-hmm. Players be flexible with your characters. DMs be flexible with your plans. Uh, and, and everybody have fun. I think that is the most important. And I think that the most fun that I've ever had as a DM is when all of my plans go out the window within the first 30 seconds. Yep. Yeah. Which will happen very often. Yeah. And as a player, the most fun I've ever had is when I'm just enjoying the story with the people sitting around me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to episode two of Dragon's Trove. This is a weekly podcast that we'll be releasing every Saturday at noon. We're going to try and get more of this content out to you and it just be organic like it was tonight. Thank you all again for listening. Uh, Troy couldn't be with us tonight, but he will be joining us in the next episode. Anyway, Jace, go ahead and give him a goodbye. Bye.